0: I have no immediate content warnings this week, because it was a mostly technical interview, and it was really cool, and I hope you enjoy it. But I will tell you that this is a house with animals. Two dogs just sort of wandered in, so you'll hear them clicky-clacking in the background. And Tiny Orange is asleep on my laptop, like she likes to do. And I don't know where the kittens are right now, and Sergey is... Glaring at me across the room. And the chickens are all in bed because it is nighttime. And, uh, yeah, so, but noises happen. Just not like rooster noises or anything because they're all asleep this time. One hopes. One hopes. Uh, The other thing to mention is we swear a lot. It's true. It's a thing. We will... You know, Mark things as explicit for language because we don't have any other choice. It's not clean, but it's not like explicit, explicit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so, Much to
1: the disappointment of, of some listeners who I suppose would like more explicitness with their productivity.
0: Yeah, you, you, you can get explicit without productivity at Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, which someday we will get back to when it's not plague time. So, hey! On that happy note, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 167. Good lord. Uh, I know. um, I'm starting to get excited. A friend of mine who I recruited to my company starts in, like, two weeks. Woo! uh, And... I can't wait for her to get started because she's so talented and has a great energy and is way smarter than I am on several things. And <laughs> I am so glad uh, we got her, um, especially since she's working in a fairly toxic place right now.
1: And anytime time you can help somebody get out of one of those? It's... Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's that's something to be aware of. I mean – It may even be more obvious now when you are, if you're working remote and you don't have to go into the office and hang around with your boss and your manager to suddenly realize that, you know, maybe the place I've been working hasn't been that that great.
1: If you're if you're breathing a sigh of relief that you don't have to see these people in person anymore, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, or if the thought of getting on, I mean, yeah, in some cases for me, the thought of getting on like a Zoom call or a video call of some sort is stressful. Just like in general, but if you've got like an existential dread for, oh God, I have to get on a call with my boss.
1: I think it's just none of us like Zoom calls.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I honestly don't mind them. Okay. I generally do not. Um, I, you know, sometimes depending on scheduling or how many people are going to be involved or what the topic is, maybe I'd be like, eh. But like once a week, we have a a call for the opensource.com correspondence. And I look forward to that every week. I look forward to seeing the other like longtime writers – for opensource.com and seeing how everybody's doing and hearing what other people's articles are going to be and maybe throwing out some ideas and things like that. Like, because it has a purpose, it has an energy, and, you know, it's it's a really kind of – it's not necessarily focused because I got on a little early and the uh, editor-in-chief and I were talking about TV shows we liked in the 90s <laughs> when p- other people started logging on. They're like, what have we walked into? Um but overall right i look forward to this discussion i look forward to seeing these people there are sometimes when it's like oh boy i have to go through a postmortem for an outage and
1: yeah but that's that's uh yeah hopefully and i'm not going to say it is it is the case because you know and i don't but hopefully that's just a Oh, boy, here's a, a work thing that nobody really enjoys as opposed to, uh, oh, God, I really don't want to be on a Zoom call with these people. What's been funny about them
0: is moving, like, over the course of the last month, we've actually been improving them, and I'm starting to look forward to them, which oh, is wonderful. a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's one for a, a disaster recovery test. But it's at like 7 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, and I'm like, I kind of want to go to that one, but that's way too early in the morning for me. Um, Normally around 7 a.m., that's when I'm feeding the dogs.
1: And then staggering back upstairs and wondering if you can get a few more seconds of sleep.
0: Poking at the internet mostly at that point. Yeah, until it's time for me to actually get up.
1: The whole idea,
0: though, is you may be in a position now where you're going like you work from home which is great but if you still have that sort of a dread of interacting with your coworkers and your boss and you're starting to think to yourself even if we open the offices back up I don't want to go back that's probably not a healthy environment and there are a lot of really bad healthy environments out there cuz there's been a, there lot even of a
1: lot of really unhealthy environments unhealthy environments yeah.
0: sorry yes yes uh I should yeah oops um but the the whole idea is that they're, they're the people who are going to cling, like, I can change this, I can fix this. I've been that person. They're the people who are going to burn out like a Roman candle thrown into a volcano. Mm-hmm. I have been that person. And they're going to be the people who can actually make the change. And the way they can make the change is generally to leave the fucking company. And, you, and nine times out of ten, it's like an executive who is pushing this culture down the chain. Uh, or in the case of my friend, a project manager who will sit there to your face and say, my team is taking all of these, and then as soon as the meeting's over and the planning session for the next load of work is done, takes all of those tickets and reassigns them to my friend's team after telling them that I absolutely – I'm not going to do this. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's 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 hard. It's hard to watch and it's hard to experience. It's incredibly hard to experience. It's terrible. It will grind your soul and you will end up um I mean, you'll end up some bad places. I ended up some bad places. My my the reason I am on SSRIs now for life, woo. Um uh, yeah. is is because I you can uh irrevocably damage your cognitive function.
1: Oh yeah, you know your brain chemistry is now wired to be traumatized. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that no, you can you can permanently alter it if you if you work at it long enough and hard enough, it, your brain will will oblige and make you, you know, screaming batch it. Yeah. But
0: uh I'm much better now and yes, I'm medicated yes. and the whole idea Burnout. though is that
1: Burnout. Oh, I was like, wait, are we opening up with with Let's have Shep on productivity? <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. At some point, we we should. But not, yeah. uh, Shep just stepped in, having heard my my you know spiel about making yourself batshit, and was I didn't make myself batshit. No. The U.S. Navy put a lot of work and taxpayer money into this. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> you you were uh, did, uh, great resources went into cracking you. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm go hide
1: in my room under a bunch of blankets now. Okay. Okay. Great. Have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you need anything.
1: That was going What I was gonna say.
0: Right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, the the.
1: So it's great that you're you're able to help your friend out. Yeah. Leaving uh,
0: and uh, they want to help the friends they have there. Um. But, and I was talking to her about the, like, the exit interview with her manager, and, oh, man. Uh, no, at, there comes a point sometimes at a job, and, and I've, I've been there, where you basically, on your way out, you know that you have no intention of coming back, that legally they cannot say anything about you uh when confirming employment there are whisper networks i'm aware of this among hr people so a person who is a bad employee or tends to set the world on fire on their way out while legally they can't talk about it everybody knows managers talk to each other in social settings and in industries don't think they don't
1: i still remember well and i still remember a phone call i got once about a coworker. Where they said the the interviewer said, you know, this person has listed you as a reference. And I was like, Huh. And they were all, Did you work with him? I said, Yes. They were all, and what did you think? And I said, Is Minnesota one of those states where you can't say anything bad about a former employee or coworker? And they said, Yes. And I said, I worked with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I suspect they may have taken the correct impression from that.
0: I, I try to be diplomatic and highlight... I don't. Yeah, uh, and and highlight the positive, but sometimes, yes, you give that review with intonations and saying something that may be... that is outwardly positive, but when you really look at the words on the paper, you realize what's being said. Um
1: Bless his heart, anyway, he really tries. Anyway. Honestly, if somebody really tried, I wouldn't say anything, like, negative about them if I thought they were genuinely trying, but, yeah. That's,
0: that's I mean, that's always the thing, right? Yeah. If you know they're genuinely trying, but they have weak points, then, you know, it's it's yeah. it's one thing.
1: I'm so glad that I am unfit yeah. for real work, and now I just, you know, and, and I messed up books. But I think that's
0: the important thing through all of it, right, is you know you're suited for – not office work for writing books. It's true. You're not, not a traditional. I know what kind of environment I am suited for. We have the wisdom of experience. We
1: have found our our niche usually by uh, exhausting all of the other ones.
0: I wouldn't say I did that, but you get the idea. I did that. the whole, The whole point around all of this is that If you work in a toxic environment and you're only just now realizing how toxic it is,
1: there's a lot out
0: there. Go looking. It's fine.
1: And we know this is a shitty time to have to change jobs because global fucking pandemic. Yeah. So it's okay if you can't just – Yeah. Like, you know, because you need the insurance or whatever. God knows we live in a screaming capitalist dystopia where frequently we need the insurance. Yeah. But just uh, – Hi, Ernie. Remember, you don't have to live this way. There are there are jobs that will not deliberately destroy your soul.
0: There is actually a story from uh, Pastor Rob Bell, where he was talking about how burned out he was after starting this church that's just popular, and he's doing sort of videos for messaging, and he's doing all of this stuff, and he's sitting there talking with a friend— and his his friend looks at him and says you don't have to live this way and his response is oh you know we've got i've got the sermon on sunday i need to get written and we've got the children's thing tonight and and his friend just looks at him and says you don't have to live this way and kept repeating it until it snapped inside of of rob bell that he wasn't talking about all of that you you don't have to live under all of this stress and, and obligation and it, it, that kind of broke him, but it was a good break. And, um, uh, I know Rob Bell has some issues around some of his, his ministry and his speaking, but, some of his stuff is also really powerful, and it's worth I a haven't read
1: kept up with him at all, so I don't know
0: anything. i I haven't either. this is yeah. from like his first if or he turned second. into a
1: screaming turf or something oh then God we're no very sorry
0: no he um actually he's the one who wrote the book love wins um that most of the conservative evangelicals were losing their shit over um because about how it was demonic and going to corrupt people's youth the youth which is a ringing endorsement as far as i'm concerned and i really need to read it um so but he yeah. he yeah some fascinating uh insights if you're into the uh, uh christian modern christian philosophy and aren't in you know and aren't interested in in the bullshit that is modern evangelicism.
1: There's there's a whole show in that which oh, I'm not sure if it's really a show or if it's just we point Kevin in a direction and listen to him scream for about an hour while occasionally I ask leading questions. But uh, we I, won't do that to you. Tonight. We won't
0: no, I, that's not really a, that's not really productive. <laughs> it's not funny, really productive. <laughs> it's just fun, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, sometimes it's productive to get to vent your spleen, get it yes. all out there, you know. Yeah. So how was your week?
0: Um Pretty good. I mean, I've been struggling with a technical problem and the technical, but it's, it's one of, the, I was talking to one of my coworkers who was like, I could never be siloed and doing just one thing. Cause we have to, to know so much and do so many things um, that it's all about solving this, the newest problem and not, well, we've done this 5 billion times, so we're just going to do it again. And then tomorrow we're going to do it again. Uh, there's always always some sort of new, it works differently, or we have to solve something new, or, uh, or oh my God, this process is outdated and it doesn't work anymore. So we have to design a whole new process. It's actually kind of fun. I'm glad. And that was one of the things, yeah, I, I uh, kind of look, still look forward to coming to work. Maybe not as early as I do, but I know if I don't, <laughs> do it that early i'll be on west coast time yeah yeah and uh i i enjoy my evenings with you and, and the animals are going to get me up at six between six thirty and 7 a.m whether i went to bed at 3 a.m or 11 p.m so you know yeah. um and you've been working on things too
1: yeah uh honestly this weekend um we had a big job. We uh, uh, assembled bookcases, new bookcases. We, we replaced did. some. I say we. Uh, our housemate Liz uh, is like an IKEA Smith and put them all oh my together. God, and we it's just ridiculous, yeah. And you know, occasionally helped lift. Uh, she's very talented. Uh, and then I did a huge purge of all of the books that uh, I could look at and say I can get this on ebook or I have it on ebook. Or if I never see it again, I won't miss it. And, you know, it's important to do because like many of us, I, many of us grow up hoarding books and getting, you know, into that mindset. And my life is a lot easier when everything is on my Kindle now, I got to admit. Yeah, um, yeah, It's, it has changed everything and... I don't feel the need to collect the physical copies anymore as like, you know, a look at the books I have read or whatever. The only thing I get physically anymore is the big splashy art books, which don't translate well to Kindle and uh, some comic books that don't. And
0: yeah, I I keep uh, signed copies. these days, signed copies and things that are out of print um and and some some t- special to me editions.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple like I have a couple of books that are absolutely 100% uh I could get them an ebook, but they have a special place in my heart. Uh you know, a lot of Robin McKinley. I mean, Terry Pratchett is not going to go out of print in our lifetimes nope. unless civilization changes. There's no reason we have to keep the entire shelf of Pratchett, but we did. We did uh yeah.
0: tail song is still up there right oh
1: yes the it extremely be, yes. battered copy that has no back cover Was
0: that yours or my copy i can't uh, yeah. even remember anymore <laughs> it was
1: one of ours it might have been mine
0: both uh, we've both read that book to like,
1: ragged shreds yeah
0: um and then <laughs> i i don't know about you but then i bought it electronically
1: uh, I bought Watership Down electronically. I did that's too. my copy yeah. up on the shelf, and it is uh, it is almost as battered as Tailchaser's song. Yeah, um. but you know it's it's I keep it for the love, uh, mm-hmm. and that's fine, you know. But I don't need to keep books that I'm not attached to like that in physical copy. I am not an archive, you know, right. and. The The books, uh, I am not, you know, banishing them from existence by taking them to the used bookstore. I do have to take a whole bunch to the used bookstore now, <laughs> yeah. and the living room is in fact covered in books and it's spilling out of boxes, and I need to... Call Circle City and see if they're taking any uh, We do have a used now.
0: bookstore in town, by the way, yeah.
1: Yes, but the problem is that I don't know if they're taking any due to COVID or if I am just going to take a massive ass load to Goodwill, which I hate to do because I hate to support Goodwill because they do terrible, terrible things, but they're also yep. a good place to get rid of books because I'm not quite so debauched that I can throw them away.
0: And, and I like to think that some of the books will find... Someone will look at them and go... Probably a kid, probably a teenager, and go, I want to read this. And it will set them, maybe maybe not necessarily the Robin McKinley or my Warhammer 40K. Hey, I didn't
1: get rid of any Robin McKinley.
0: Right, but, you know, but I would maybe, you know, one of the... One of the books will strike a chord with someone and yeah. will in will fan the flames of a love of reading, and for that alone.
1: Or you know, it, it, more likely, someone who is flat broke and haunting the stacks will be like, "Oh yeah, I have a dollar. I can get twenty books." And which I have been that kid too. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, the important thing is they can go off to the rest of their lives without being in my house, where they will not be appreciated or used. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so wow. that took, like, two days, because then I had a whole hm. bunch to do in the studio. Similarly, I still haven't quite finished there, but I have so much more space now in the—so uh, much more bookcase space that, like, uh, for some reason, I thought I had, like, uh, yeah, Ernie, it's okay. Uh. I don't know if I'm like missing a huge pile of books or something that, but it's they all fit easily. Well, when left over. when
0: the one shelf collapsed, you did purge a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this—it's life. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and in my studio, it's mostly just art books and sketchbooks and reference books and things like that. Which,
0: but you—you you finally have an ego shelf.
1: Yes. Uh in fact, let's be honest, I have three ego shelves. <laughs> I have uh the the uh the kid book shelf and then the uh oversize shelf and then the T Kingfisher shelf, which uh is taken up with a vast number of anthologies that I have had stories in, honestly almost always Jackalope Wives. And it's a good story. It is. It's, it's just that I have, and every time I'm in an anthology, I get two copies of it. So I keep a copy and I send another copy on somewhere. And so. I'm looking at it going, I don't actually have physical copies of a bunch of my T. Kingfisher books, <laughs> I, but I have all these anthologies, so I might have ordered hard copies of a couple of T. Kingfisher books to actually fill out the ego Oh, shelf. well,
0: there you go then. Yeah.
1: But I had been just, like, shoving the books into corners or stacking them somewhere, and which is fine, you know, but God damn it, you write a book, you put it on the shelf, be proud you wrote the book. Yeah. You write nearly 40 books, um, maybe it's time to invest in new bookcases, and uh, yeah. yeah. So thinking of someone who wrote a book. Ah, uh,
0: last do you have a year, segue? Yes, we have a segue. Uh, my friend Juno Bacon wrote the book People Powered, which is about building and maintaining communities. And Jono is, this is like what Jono does uh, built the uh, Ubuntu Linux community he built the uh, he built communities around XPrize when he worked for them. He has done a whole lot of this and I had a chance to sit down with Jono so great to talk to Jono and find out how he stays productive and we're going to have that for you right after
1: this hound, you are beautiful, but you are up in my grill.
0: here with the most amazing Jono Bacon, um, who has, uh, I I have had a chance to hang out with at a couple of events, and who wrote a book last year, it's been about a year now, um, about community building. And uh, Jono was very kind when I reached out and said, hey, you want to do this thing and talk about your productivity? I was like, let's do it. So here we are. Um, All right, Jono, can you do a better job introducing yourself than I just did, and maybe tell us a little more about what it is you do.
2: <laughs> well, my name is John O'Bacon, international man of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I. Um, first of all, it's great to see you, Kevin, and thanks to have, for having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just really passionate about how to build communities. You know, I used to lead community at Canonical for Ubuntu. Um, at uh, Xprize and GitHub and these days I'm a consultant and I work with a bunch of different companies from you know big international businesses like Google and Sony Mobile and Santander to smaller tech firms and startups and, and all that kind of stuff and my main goal in life frankly is to it's just to make the whole the whole process of building communities kind of more informed more fun and for us to just you know kind of move the art and science forward so and to drink a load of gin in the process and to listen to a lot of metal, of course. So.
0: Well, yeah, I mean... Greases the wheels. <laughs> uh, for me, it's scotch, but it's still metal. So.
2: That's okay. Um, I mean, scotch, it's its its almost as good as gin.
0: <laughs> I, dip, I, I will say it depends on the gin. Give me a nice bottle of Sipsmith, and I'm happy. Uh,
2: but oh, yeah.
0: Someone yeah. was like, here, you have to try this. It's whatever the brand is with the bowler hat on top, and I was like... Oh,
2: yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, yeah. yeah. It's,
0: this is yeah. swell. Oh,
2: it, it's purple. yeah. They, they 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 need that bowler hat to sell it. You know, it's not I, great. I think
0: so. Yeah.
2: And I'm just not hardcore enough for scotch. Like I taste scotch, and, am like my whole body like tenses up. So uh, the, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The first time I let my uh, or I introduced my wife to to scotch, uh, a good single malt. Um right. I think it was actually the Lagavulin. She was like, it tastes like burning. <laughs> right. And I'm like. Smoky yeah. and peaty, and she's like, It just no, it's like I'm chewing on campfire ashes. I'm like, All right, then. yeah, you, not yeah. for you,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, not my uh, you know, the last time I had scotch, it tasted like chewing on my granddad's cigar, and uh, it was. And 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 I said that to a friend who liked scotch, and he's like, Uh, yeah, sounds great, <laughs> 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 oh,
0: okay, yeah, after uh, after our visit to the Irish Whiskey Museum uh, last year. Uh, hmm. I do have a, a much better appreciation for the uh, Irish whiskies than oh. I had. Before.
2: Is that what they call in bars now? Irish Whiskey Museum?
0: No, there's literally a place called the Irish Whiskey Museum in Dublin.
2: Yeah.
0: And they have a, a whole here, here at the end of this tour and the history of of Irish whiskey. Now here's a tasting. And then they put you in the shop. Ah, with wow, all these whiskeys, and it's like, okay, I need that one and that one, and I can get that G- one at home. Get your credit card out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, it was, you know, it's across the street from. Um, oh, what's the name of the damn university with the Book of Kells? And. Know. Yeah, and we we look at the uh, we look at the line for the Book of Kells. They're like, yeah, it's about two hours. Uh, and did you purchase your tickets online already? Because otherwise, it might be four hours. And we're like, you know, there's a whiskey across the street.
2: And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah. Um, so now that we've diverged already once, um-
2: get ready. It's going to happen again very right? soon.
0: <laughs> so. How do you, like, keep yourself organized um, Mm.
2: overall? I am... uh, It's weird because I used to be completely disorganized. Um, (laughs) um, And I'm not going to profess that I'm the most organized person in the world, but I've become... I've kind of turned my life into a project uh, where I... I've, I try to figure out how I can optimize every tiny thing that I can focus on. And I think part of the reason for it is because, um, you know, I'm a consultant. I run my own business, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hire a ton of people. And it's not because I can't hire a ton of people. It's because I don't want to manage a ton of people, right? Part of the reason yeah. why I do my, I have my business is because I like the flexibility and the freedom. I like the fact that I can go and play guitar in the afternoon if I want to. And when you start building large teams, it becomes more complicated to do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So I've therefore tried to make this the leanest possible machine. So, you know, to give you an example, you know, I I, I use a I use this email tool called Superhuman, which I'm a big fan of. It's like thirty dollars a month and it's kind of like uh it's just a it's like email for email power users and it gets you to inbox zero more regularly, which is like a big deal for me. So I segment my email into different buckets and I make sure by the end of every day I've cleared out all the email my clients and then for other people mm-hmm. that are on that are shortlisted and then more broadly beyond that um, but I track almost everything like every day I'm looking at metrics for the communities that I'm helping to run I'm looking at my email metrics in terms of my email list uh, looking at conversion rates um, you know in Google Analytics every day like you know like how you pin tabs in Chrome oh, uh, yeah. the, f- the first like ten tabs they're just all analytics and are I'm, you, and are- I, I
0: no, go ahead, you finish first.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say like, I, I get like really excited when I discover that there is a pattern that, I've, that I've, I've found and then I'll test that pattern and see if it works. I'm a big fan of like split testing and A-B testing my workflow and seeing what works, um, yeah. Uh,
0: so I was gonna ask, have you have you tried the new Chrome tab grouping feature?
2: I haven't, I've seen it, it's pretty cool. But that to me seems like, you know, it feels like you're basically feeding the habit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh I think the new Inbox Zero is is kind of getting the number of tabs down in your browser, right? It's, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, because when you can only see icons and no text, you got a problem. It's time to shut some damn tabs down. And, uh I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and I just, like, my browser right now has actually got real. it's probably got about 20 tabs in it. And that's just because I had to restart the browser. Like I interviewed Mark Shuttleworth with my podcast earlier today <laughs> and I was having some audio issues and I had to restart the browser. Yeah. That's just from like the last two hours. So it's, it's a problem, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I am managing to keep it tamed for my work machine. That was the one that would be the worst. Cause I'd have like, you know, five or six wiki pages open. And then a couple of our yeah. internal admin tool open right. and then GitHub like 15 GitHub links. And I'm like, you know, do I need all of this? Right. No, I, like I read that. I read this issue that doesn't apply to me an hour ago. Let's just let's actually close that.
2: Yeah, it's right? yeah. That's the thing, and it's 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 kind of cleansing as well when you're like, oh, yeah. I don't need that. Because sometimes you you have that anxiety of like, oh god, am I going to need this? And then you close, and you're like, I didn't need that. <laughs> no way, I needed that.
0: I've started just saying, you know what? If I need this later, bookmark it.
2: Just, right. Yeah. You
0: know. And then exactly, I'll be like, oh yeah, I bookmarked that, and I, I can find it.
2: Again, right. hopefully. Yeah, yeah, at some point in the future, right? It's kind yeah. of like putting something in your garage. Like, oh, yeah, we might need that one day, and then it never gets used. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. but
0: at least, at, at least it's easier to clean out my bookmarks than it is to clean out my garage.
2: Right, okay. that's true. That, now that's you've got
0: me saying garage instead of
2: garage. I know, look at that. I'm already converting you. So you already look more <laughs> handsome, and you sound more intelligent. <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing, though, when it comes to productivity, that I've been really nerding out on is is like gluing together bits of workflow as well. So to give you an example, um, when it comes to content, like I came to this dramatic realization that even though I'm a writer, I've written books and articles and whatever else, I'm slow when it comes to writing. I'm faster, I think, without sounding egotistical. I think I'm faster than most people, but I'm slow for me. And what I mean by that is like it might take, like, for example, well, my wife writes an article right and she's super intelligent and she's really good at what she does but it takes her a long time to write an article because she doesn't write a lot of articles because she's i'm writing stuff all the time so consequently yeah. when you do anything you get faster right but the problem i've got is i'm so busy that if it you know if it takes me an hour to write an article i'm like i need that time back to do other stuff so what i've discovered is that making videos is mm-hmm. easier for me to kind of get through that and then what i'll do for example is my assistant will kind of like take that video Kind of do the optimization in YouTube for the tagging and kind of get the description written up. And then often I'll ask her if she can kind of uh, take some of that content, make a, a draft out of it yeah. that I'll then go and review and tune and make sure it sounds like me. And then that'll, for example, go into my email and that might go into a website. And so I'm playing like reusing content over and over again is kind of an interesting way of doing things because in my business, I need to put out a lot of content. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, um, since. Uh, I became an opensource.com correspondent uh, earlier yeah. this year. You know, uh, I, I really value that reusability because I know yeah. even if I'm, I'm working on something that may be unrelated, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should take some notes in case this turns out to be a good article later. Yeah you know
2: it's like sniffing it out right sniffing out potential articles and i bet yeah. you can write like a i bet you can write like a bandit right now because you've written a lot of stuff and you just get faster you just get quicker yeah so.
0: well i i end up with these long breaks in between cuz i do those start of the year series yeah yeah this this mad rush to get 19 to 20 articles done in 18 or so days <laughs> <laughs> and then and then i slack for like the rest of the year so right
2: yeah 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 yeah, yeah no it's uh it's interesting. The thing I'm trying to get better at is just planning out future work. Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, kind of getting onto a, a cadence of like like right now, for example, I'm doing two videos a week with YouTube mm-hmm. and then that's fueling some other stuff that I'm doing. But like being, being organized, practicing what I preach when it comes to mapping out social media and all that kind of stuff. Like I reuse a lot of social media as well. That's yeah. something I've learned is, you know, take if you post something out there, don't just post it once. Like you post it again in two or three weeks, new audiences find it. So I think there's a lot we can do when it comes to kind of optimizing content, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, So do you, uh, with all that going on, I mean, calendar driven, email driven, I'm guessing a lot of email driven.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I hate email. I fucking hate email. It's just like, it's the bane of my existence. And Honestly, I make it worse for myself because, um, I'll and I'll, I'll say it here, like I'm an open book, right? So if people want to email me, email me, Jono at JonoBacon.com. And it turns out that when you keep telling people that you're an open book, people email you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I end up getting mountains and mountains of email. And that's one of the reasons why I invested in Superhuman, because it's like, it's just, it, it makes it a lot easier to kind of triage and go through it. Yeah. And, and there's some things, like I can have snippet, like Superhuman's got this feature called snippets where you can have like pre-written chunks of text mm-hmm. that you can easily embed into email. So for example, if someone reaches out to me and says, hey, I just bought People Powered and I really like the book, blah, 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 blah. blah I'll usually want to ask them to go and re- leave a review. Whereas then I got to go and find the links, right? The, e- mm-hmm. like the little, now I just take that snippet and put it in there and it takes like a second. And things like optimizing how meetings get booked and things like that, so it's good for that. In terms of calendar, if it's not my calendar, it doesn't exist. Right. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it's uh, one thing that took me a while to kind of warm up to was the idea of hiring an assistant because mm-hmm. I was like, only I can manage my calendar, the immortal bacon calendar. Yes. And it's like, don't be so stupid. Of course, she's way better at it than I am.
0: <laughs> and she's she's lovely. She was she was very helpful. So you know, right. mad props there.
2: Yeah, she's she's great. Mindy's amazing. She lives in Florida and she does a great job. But it's like, um, I I just I I was always stuck. I always sucked at delegation. Just thinking, I you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it myself. Um, and you know, you reach a limit, right? And you've got to delegate effectively. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, a but,
0: common problem you know. for small business owners. They don't know how to dis- yeah. delegate, or even uh, project like project maintainers. They're like, no, I can fix this. And I'm like, yeah. why are you putting all this work on yourself? There's a whole community of people who are like, like, want to help. And you're like, no, 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 I'll do it.
2: Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, one of the things I learned from hiring Nindy as well was mm-hmm. really, and I, and this was a piece of advice that some other people had told me when they, who've got assistance, they said, make sure you create a handbook with all of your workflow. So things mm-hmm. like, here's my frequent flyer miles for booking travel. Remember right. that travel? And uh You know, and here's the business address and here's, you know, your Mm -hmm. various, you know, tax details and whatever else. Uh, And things like, you know, for example, my policy that I have is I generally only try to take calls in the morning and -hmm. I try to keep my afternoons open so I can do work. And that, that was really helpful. So in making that handbook, when she started, it helped her to spin up and she said, like, it made it so much easier. But now she maintains the handbook. So if God forbid Mindy leaves me and and after I've spent a week in a pit of despair, and I right. find somebody else, um, it's going to be a lot easier. So,
0: yeah, we that that used to be the what if so and so is hit by a bus, um, which I've started to right. turn around into the into a more positive, and that is what if so and so wins the lottery, and ah, it's just like yeah. we're done. I'm like, well, congratulations. Oh God, I'm doomed. Right? So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, we've talked about, um, superhuman, which now I'm going to have to go look up because I've, mm. I've used a couple of other tools. This is one that is new to me. Right. So now I have to go look at it and see cool. it. will, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, what other like systems or habits or tools do you have in there that, that help out?
2: Yeah. I mean, I can go through this through my tabs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm looking at my tabs right now, like I use, I use Superhuman for email, um, a lot of people kind of balk at the idea of pay, paying $30 a month for email when you can get Gmail for free. Um, the way I look at it is, if it can save, if Superhuman can save 30 minutes of my time a week, then it more than pays for itself. Um, yeah. You know, I basically say, what's the, what's the value of your time? How much time do you spend doing email, and then you can figure out uh, whether it's worth it. Um, but you got to use it. You got to learn how to use it, and kind of build the habit. So I I, I find it very easy to justify that. Right. Um, I use Google services for pretty much everything: Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Calendar. Uh, I use I don't use SurveyMonkey. I use Google for for surveys. Um, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm a in terms of social media scheduling, I use a tool called Co-Schedule, which I'm a really big fan of. Um, you know, I, I tried Hootsuite and, you know, Buffer and things like that. What I love about CoSchedule is you can go and put your content into it and then you can create something called a, a requeue. And basically it's uh, where, like, for example, I posted a YouTube video today that I put out there about mm. how to efficiently uh, incentivize people. And what I did is I added it into the requeue. So when there's a day that I don't have anything scheduled, it'll pull material from the queue and put it out there at just the right time. Um, yeah, so it means yeah. that I can effectively go on vacation for a week and not do any social media, but there'll be a, there'll be new there'll be material kind of going out there. Um
0: I, now I have to check that out because Buffer. I'm not on a paid Buffer plan because I'm not going to pay that much money to post a chicken picture every day, right? But yeah, um, but it's like yeah, now I have to plan out: am I going to be gone for how long? How much? Yeah. you know, the buffer free can I put in? <clears throat> Do I have to stop halfway on my vacation and update more chicken photos so that they go out yeah, on time? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, I used to I started out with Buffer with their free plan and loved it and used it for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, and then and then I learned about CoSchedule actually through a friend of mine, Steph, who works at Scality who were a client of mine, mm-hmm. and and I've I've been a a really big fan. And I you know I talked about it on tw- on Twitter and a bunch of other things. And you know they're, they're a cool company. They sent me like a book from their CEO and a T-shirt, and they really take oh, cool. care of their customers. Um, yeah just like open do with the, with the with the writers. Um, oh, I use yeah. a tool I use a, I use a platform called ConvertKit for my email automation. Um, mm-hmm. I only really started doing email automation back in March. Um, it's weird because as the pandemic struck <laughs> this is just a coincidence. I started building out a new side of my business which was around online training, so I'm building uh, training courses. Right. Uh, cuz you know the challenge of as a consultant is I am um, i'm being paid for when i'm when i'm working with my clients but um you know it's by definition very labor intensive and it's mm-hmm. it's it's because you're a consultant you're very well paid because you charge more than a typical uh, employee because you may end up not getting paid for a while so you factor that into your pricing oh yeah but i want i wanted to kind of like broaden my audience out because there's a lot of people who would never pay my fees or would not need me as a consultant, but there are potential customers out there. So I started focusing on the training piece and I knew I needed to kind of do the email automation element first. Um, So I used this tool called ConvertKit. I used to use MailChimp and hated it. I think it's a terrible piece of software. Um, And I love ConvertKit. It's really, really simple. And it's taken me a good couple of months to figure out how to kind of do it well because I can't stand automated email that typical marketing people send out, right? Like they, yeah. oh, God. you know, it's just constant sales and, you know, they're just desperate attempts to get your attention. Like 98% of the emails that I've got in my system are just sharing best practices and value. It's almost like subscribing to someone's blog. Um, yes. and, and that was just kind of an intuition for me to do that because I was like, that's the kind of stuff I'd want to read. I wouldn't want to read you know some bullshit sales material, um, and consequently the the read the open rates and the and the click rates with those emails have been through the roof, oh, and yeah. people have said like it's it's refreshing to not be like you know to sign up to someone's list and not just be constantly spammed with stuff, you know stuff that you don't care about and and sales emails. So I use that. Um, I use Thinkific for the training platform. What else? Webinar Jam for my webinars. I use Vimeo Pro hosting some of my videos use youtube for the other videos uh something called headliner.app for making you um little animated podcast snippets that go out on social media Ooh. Um, what was that
0: one again i i was
2: it's called headliner.app it's pretty cool you can you can basically upload like an mp3 and it will generate that generate those animated waveforms um, oh
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah um which i was all excited about about a month ago and then i talked to a guy who's a a fairly well-known YouTube. He's got like 6 million subscribers. And I was like, what do you think about these podcast videos? And he's like, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no one watches those. Like, no one watches audio. I was like, oh, that's a fair point. So I think yeah. it's good for social media embeds, mm-hmm. but not good for YouTube. So.
0: Yeah. I found, uh, listeners were so excited. When our first podcast, when I figured out how to embed the image, so the logo showed up on their player, when right. they're like how do you do that and i'm like you just put the image in okay they're like that's so cool i'm like it's part of the mp yeah no i'm cool it's amazing yeah
2: i'll take it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sold yeah thank god i'm here <laughs> so uh, i think that's i think that's the main things so, you know i use you mm-hmm. slack like everybody does i'm looking at i'm now looking at my doc my yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how granular you want to get Final Cut Pro for videos.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Handbrake for, for conversion, uh, audio file conversion. Uh, Have you been turned
0: no. on to Auphonic yet for uh, audio processing?
2: No, I've never heard of that.
0: What is okay, that? so, yeah, no, it's what I use is there's this great service uh, called Alphonic. It. You buy basically blocks of hours, and then you upload your thing. And what it does is it does all the leveling, and it does all of the uh, like noise reduction and things. Oh, all the you know, post production stuff. All the a lot of the post production stuff, cool. and then it'll dump it. Like if you, it'll pick up from Google Drive, it'll dump it to Dropbox if you wanted to, or put it back on
1: oh,
2: Google I Drive. Oh, I
0: that. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, the reason I'm thinking about it, of, of course, is that uh, they just announced they integrate with Zapier now ah so now used in, too.
2: <laughs> yeah oh god yeah
0: and and Wade over at Zapier's awesome guy uh had him on oh cool I think about a year and a half ago um nice but uh uh yeah no so I'm sitting there going I don't have to go into the web UI anymore when I'm done with my you know exporting the the finished podcast I can yeah. drop it in the directory and Zapier's gonna pick it up, kick off the Alphonic job, and Alphonic's gonna put it back on, on in the Dropbox folder when I'm done. Boom. I have yeah, it's like I have just saved myself like twenty minutes.
2: That's the kind of stuff that I get yeah. all kind of hot and bothered over. I love that <laughs> kind of like workflow when you get that lined up. It's oh, yeah. it's so it's so cool. Um and Zapier is really cool for that, I think. You know, like oh, yeah. I find that Zapier is that Swiss Army knife that's just useful. So for example, you know, when someone buys one of my courses in Thinkific, they've mm-hmm. got their own like inbuilt analytics thing and it looks pretty shitty to be honest with you. I don't think it's, it looks very impressive. Uh, and I don't really need most of it. I just want to see how many people are <laughs> buying it, how much am I making, and what's the growth right. curve look like. So I basically made a Google Doc um to do that and then to get and then i just use zapier to you know when there's a purchase it updates the google doc oh and yeah i love those kinds of like little integrations but i'm finding that zapier for me is less and less relevant because most of the platforms are now integrating with each other directly mm-hmm. um so i'm actually finding i think i've only got two zaps that are up and running right now but um the- yeah
0: it depends on what you want to do, too, because I found that sometimes the the integrations that are provided by, you know, like, oh, um, what is it, Slack can do email now, but maybe yeah. that isn't what you want to do with the, you know, it's, it's still relatively straightforward and simplistic, and there's a whole lot of power in Zapier I've been finding with their own built-in, like, filters and timers and things like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, they've got things like, 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 processing RSS feeds and things like that, you know?
0: Yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's cool. The only reason I have both that and uh, if this, then that is because there is a there is some overlap, but then there's the, like, I can do iOS reminders on if this, then that. Can't do it on Zapier.
2: Yeah, that's right? a good point. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: so I end up keeping them both around and just be like, okay, uh, I want to automate this so... I have to use Zapier.
2: Um, yeah. One yeah. of these days it's...
0: I'll figure out how to make them talk to each other.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it. What's interesting to me is, uh, you know, I do this podcast with some friends, two idiot friends, and uh, Bad Voltage, and we we did a show on all of these monthly SaaS services and, you know, how, m- how many of these we're using. And it's amazing yeah. how many of these services. Are, like, I went through and calculated how much I'm spending a month on these services, and it mm-hmm. was a unpleasant figure (laughs) yeah and i I can justify it because um ultimately it's it's a cost within the business and you know the profit the business is outweighing the cost which is the whole point of a business (laughs) um but i still don't like it uh but then i think to myself oh do i really want to go and set up everything manually no
0: and yeah like a like a a buddy
2: of of mine he runs uh he runs um He's actually uh, an ex-client of mine, uh, and we ended up becoming really good friends because we're both into music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's built a whole training business around um, guitar playing. Okay. And he's got like, he's running out of WordPress. Oh, that's, I use WordPress on my website. Oh, uh, yeah. he's, running, he's running WordPress, and, but he's like got all these custom learning plugins that are baked into WordPress, and a member on his platform is a WordPress member. And he was like, dude, don't use Thinkific. Use, use this. This is way more powerful. And I was like, sure. I just don't want to have to deal with that. With everything else that exists in my life right now, um, yeah. you know, managing WordPress is complicated enough for just a website, let alone an entire learning platform. I went down that path when I set up a knowledge base for my clients, and it was just a complete pain in the ass to set up. So,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's it's I I mean it's like my day job is you know managing big SaaS services. Well, a big sass service as it were uh part of right. a larger team but and it's like i don't want to i, I want to make it pretty simple for things that i'm not either a doing for a living or b doing yeah. as a hobby
2: you know yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i'm i agree like there is Yeah, i think you pay for convenience and i've got to a oh. point in my life where We chatting about this the other day, you know, like when I first got into Linux, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of setting everything up manually was really exciting and interesting when I was 19, but now I'm 40, 41 (laughs) next month. No, (laughs) I'm just just not interested. Everybody gives me sort of
0: the the stink eye when I'm like, oh yeah, no, I have, I am Mac and iOS now across the board and they give me the stink eye. Yeah, I know but on the flip side now i don't have to like wrestle with my video drivers because an update came out right right i yeah. mean it's a lot better now than it was even 5 years ago but still i mean there there was always that there's always that risk that oh yeah i i'm getting an update or i'm putting in a new piece of software and then now you end up debugging it for 6 hours when that 6 right. hours you know supposed to be
2: recording a podcast maybe well, and I think that's it, isn't it? It's like you make the evaluation of how do you like to spend your time? Right. Um, and I think there are many people. I mean, there's a lot of really good friends of mine who are members of the Linux community who mm-hmm. really enjoy, like, tweaking around with their distros and distro hopping and trying, you know, new setups. And, and they enjoy that. That's how they spend, They enjoy that kind of configuration. And, uh, um, and and more power to them, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm less interested in that than I used to be. But... I've become as, as much of a nerd in gluing all these different pieces of my business together and community and all the rest of it. So I think we all have the same kind of nerdery, <laughs> just in different ways.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, on the other hand, uh, I'm also the guy who set up a Raspberry Pi with, um, right. with, like, Home Assistant on it and started integrating all of the devices. Oh,
2: you know, cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. you know That kind oh, of stuff's wait.
2: really cool. Yeah,
0: is this is oh look there's a new I, I need a weather monitor well which one works and which one gets good reviews and okay now how do I link it in and that is it's rewarding the same way getting your X driver to work was to me 15 years ago
2: <laughs> right
0: you know you, know, you or,
2: just brought you just you just brought a, a flashback of I remember setting up myth TV oh uh, like yeah. I built like a you know built like a a DVR. Mm-hmm. back in like 2000 I think it was and uh you know and and everybody back then talked about the the pretty incredibly misogynistically described girlfriend test you know it's right. like will it pass the girlfriend test which I don't like that way of describing it but it was it was all about like making it you know consumer ready and uh yeah. and that in itself was was an interesting challenge you know but I can't imagine doing that these days
0: hey I I call it the the grandparents test Right there, you go. Yeah, you know, yeah. can well, can my- you hand it to your grandparents and they won't be calling you for technical support?
2: Right. The awesome. true test is my is the true test is my mother-in-law. She is like, she somehow <laughs> deleted the Linux kernel from a machine I set up for her, and I took it to the kernel team at Canonical, uh-huh. and they were like, we have no idea how she did this. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she, she is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to that's, technology. It's become a bit of a joke in the family.
0: I was gonna say that's impressive, and and meanwhile I wouldn't dare give my mother in law something like that because she's an artist. And so oh. I would be on the phone constantly with her because I could ask her how to mix oil paints from scratch. Perfect. I would have to explain to her five times how to update the browser.
2: Right. Yeah And I love her.
0: You know, nothing yeah. wrong with that, but it's just
2: that's her geekery. Yeah, just diff- different areas of expertise, mm-hmm. right? By the way, yeah. talking about productivity, can I tell you something I'm really excited about, Kevin? That you oh, should check it. out because because yeah, you're yeah. a productivity dork. Um, <laughs> th- there is this. Have you seen this thing called the Remarkable Tablet?
0: Uh, I haven't seen the Remarkable Tablet yet.
2: It's uh, <clears throat> it's basically. So it was a Kickstarter campaign a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. <clears throat> it's basically it's like a big Kindle, it's got an ebook okay. screen. Uh, e-ink screen, rather, um, and it comes with a stylus, and it's essentially it's a digital notepad. You can write on right. it, and um, and it was pretty cool. It does like handwriting recognition. And mm-hmm. one thing that I, I, I'm very very productive with the paper. Like I will often go oh, and yeah. sit in our backyard. I do this when I'm designing new courses and new content, and I'll cut like bits of paper up into index cards and make mm-hmm. comments and rearrange them and stuff like that. Um, I just find that it's great to not be in front of a billion distractions in front of a computer. So the Remarkable tablet was very interesting to me. I remember seeing it, and then I didn't buy it for some reason. I can't remember why. Mm-hmm. But the other day, I discovered that they're bringing out a second one called the Remarkable 2, which okay. an inventive way of describing it. Um, <laughs> and it's like the thinnest tablet ever. It's thinner than a pencil. Um, and it looks incredible. Like, today, as we record this... Uh, the reviews the, the embargoed reviews just got, like the, the embargo was lifted on the reviews and it looks oh yeah amazing
0: So uh, the pre-orders
2: to, are open yeah
0: yeah I'll have to look at it yeah but this will be out in October so hopefully right. it'll be generally available by then. Um, it should
2: be out next month then as you, as you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I'm going the that's when I should be getting mine is in November so.
0: Yeah. The the one I'm excited about is uh, the new generation of Rocketbook notebooks if you're familiar with the Rocketbook.
2: No. All right. This is cool. All right, I'm ready.
0: Shit, where did it go? So it is a notebook you use a pen on and it is a specific kind of pen mind you that is right. erasable. Ah, ah like, okay. like so it is a completely reusable paper notebook. Uh, and it uses the pilot frictions, so they're available everywhere. Where is mine? It should
2: be right there. Is this oh, an on. actual an actual notebook or is it a screen?
0: Yeah. It's an actual notebook. Really? Um but they're cloud service like you can fill in little dots on them uh on it and take I a photo with about. your phone. Yeah. And it'll automatically process it. Now it's not like the evernote or the the uh moleskine um right yeah evernote version where okay well it's paper it's done now this one you can just wipe off a little water that's cool. boom and then you're back writing
2: on it it's um, like a fancy etch a sketch
0: it is <laughs> uh, and the only thing you have to worry about is um the ink erases at 140 degrees fahrenheit so you oh. don't want to leave it in your car <laughs> <laughs> um, the secret there is though if it does erase from the heat you put it in the freezer oh and and it comes back apparently
2: um, can you imagine the looks you're going to get when you're putting a notepad into a freezer
0: uh, <laughs> I'm my wife is an author and artist the fact that I don't walk into my open up my freezer and find roadkill there all the time is a small miracle <laughs> everybody who's married to an artist or is related to an artist out there is laughing their heads off right Right.
2: now.
0: (laughs) Cool. Uh, So let's see. We're um, systems and habits. So there's all the tools. Do you have any like habits or, or, I mean, you've said inbox zero and that is a system unto itself. So uh, is there anything else in the in the habit or maybe uh, a more formalized or informal system you
2: use on the, right. on the daily? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that kind of spring to mind here. Right. One is that um, I, I discovered a while back that you know it takes about two months to build a habit yes. um, psychologically. And uh, I find that that's very good for building new, rewiring your brain and building new skills is I'll mm-hmm. just say I'm going to try and do this for 60 days. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, a little while ago, I injured my tailbone. I picked my son up and he's, he's, he's big, he's like a <laughs> big boy now, He's seven, mm-hmm. uh, and something tweaked in my tailbone. And, um, oh. <clears throat> yeah, so I've not been able to exercise as much as I normally did. And, okay. uh, and my wife, who is a complete exercise nut, she said, you should try intermittent fasting, which is basically where you, there's different ways of doing it, but basically, you know, you don't eat until noon and then yeah. uh, you can eat during the day and then you stop eating at 8 p.m. and you don't eat until the following day at noon. Uh, and I thought, let's try it for 60, 60 days and see if it sticks. And, I, and it's it, the reason why she suggested it is it's just kind of a good way to ward off weight. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah. very lucky. I've got a pretty high metabolism, so uh, fast metabolism, so I don't tend to put a huge amount of weight on, but was just in the absence of exercise. So it gives you a 60-day period to kind of mm-hmm. focus on something. I found that to be really helpful. But again, I'm really data-driven. So I tend to, wherever I can track success in something, um, you know, so for example, if, you know, tracking your weight is a, is a way of doing it. Like we had a yeah. Peloton bike when I was using that, like tracking my performance in that uh, was a good way of doing it. Um and for, for no other reason than just morbid curiosity and being able to see the number go up and to the right, um, mm-hmm. I think I found is a good way of doing it. You know, inbox zero is something that I, I, I strive for, but I'm still terrible at it. Like, I always aim to do it. The problem that I've got, and I was actually, I did an interview with this guy called Ian Tien, he, who is mm-hmm. the CEO of Mattermost um, on my podcast. It's not okay, out Okay, yeah, yet. yeah. And uh, Ian was talking about figuring out, like, what things in your life give you energy. He said, like, mm-hmm. what are the things you're really excited about doing? <clears throat> and I think one of the reasons why I've struggled with inbox zero is because I hate email. Um, I, I, I like the act of getting through it and I enjoy communicating with people. But for me, it's just, it's a completely unrewarding part of my day. Like today, for example, you know, I did an hour of email about three mm-hmm. hours ago and I cleared it out and I didn't enjoy that hour. But the hour afterwards, I was setting up my, like a whole bunch of visualization in Google Analytics. I had a great time. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just depends on what you're into. Um, and I think what I've discovered is learn what you hate and then try to make it more efficient um, and, and, and just try to build a habit out of dealing with it. Um, and that's what I'm working on with. That's one of the reasons why I like Superhuman is because, you know, normally inbox zero is everything in your inbox. Right. Whereas with Superhuman, for example, I can say, these are all the emails from my clients. And mm-hmm. step one is hit inbox zero for that inbox, for just yeah. those clients, and then that's like a good starting point. And then maybe the next one is, you know, try and hit inbox zero for a group, broader group of people. So yeah, yeah. But beyond that, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any really fixed and firm processes. The mm-hmm. one thing I, I'm terrible at is to do lists. I just you are not don't alone. look
0: at, It's it it happens. Yeah. Some people it's great. Some people it doesn't. So yeah.
2: I think it's a big dirty secret with a lot of people professional people is like they do, they won't admit that they suck at to-do lists and we need to change that because i think a lot of people just don't like lists it's just another organized structured thing that we have to care about yeah and, and i think people enjoy being much more freeform in how they operate so i don't i think some people enjoy you know crushing through lists of stuff and good for them they're way better than i am but i don't um so i like to well, I like to operate in a more freeform way, but at the end of the day, you've got to have a list of stuff to do. Yeah. it's week, because a lot of people are like, how do you what, what do you use for your to do list? like my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's
0: yeah, not to do it so, uh, And I I will um, I mean, I'll time block. It's like I need specifically to do this thing, so I'll set a calendar appointment for myself and say this yeah. is dedicated to that. Yeah,
2: Th- that's interesting you say that, Kim, because that's what I do. Um, okay. like I said earlier on about. You know, um uh, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. That's mm-hmm. the most effective way I've found to to do that. That's one of the reasons why I keep my afternoons free right um, and there's sometimes there's ex- like we're recording it right now, and it's 3:45 and
0: uh, in your time zone, <laughs> oh wait, uh oh, you froze. Not cool. my back. Yeah, you're back, you're back.
2: Um so, you yeah, know I was about
0: to give yeah. you crap because in your time zone it's 345, it's six forty five in mine, so
2: <laughs> I appreciate you doing pulling a oh, late yeah. one. Uh, but yeah, I mean I, I find that like blocking out that time is mm-hmm. uh is really important and it works yeah. it works a lot as well.
0: Um, oh yeah. So that actually naturally leads into the next question, which sure. is um how do you figure out what to do first or like, what does your typical day look like?
2: So a typical day for me is uh, wake up at about seven 30, mm-hmm. lay in bed for 15 minutes, usually just like reading stuff on my phone. Um, uh, like reading, i like read my email, read all yep. the social media services. Um, I look at my, um, I look at my YouTube stats. I look at my convert kit stats. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get a sense of what happened overnight because uh, right. here in California you know there 's a lot of people in the world who 've been doing stuff while i 've been asleep um, so Oh, yeah, fifteen minutes is a good way then i 'll get up make a coffee for my wife and I um, and what I try to do you know my schedule's all over the place because you know I have clients in India and all of, sometimes i've got to take calls at six am but this is general rule yeah I try to generally keep um, things clear until eight thirty am and one of the things I've been increasingly doing recently, I think it's a sign of getting old, is I'll go and sit outside. And we're obviously very fortunate here in California to have nice weather most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go out sit and sit outside with a coffee and just kind of boot up. And it gives me a chance to like think about my day, what I'm going to do. Um, and then usually I'll be, I'll get into calls at eight thirty, nine a.m. And I'll be on the phone all morning. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll usually kind of get to about noon, go and have half an hour for, for lunch. And It's the same thing every day for me. Like I, I watch YouTube videos while I have lunch. I love YouTube, and it'll be anything from (laughs) Seinfeld trivia to, you know, reading about effective Facebook advertising to, you know, watching Slayer gigs, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then usually that's when kind of the afternoon opens up. And what I love about this is that by the time I get to noon, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I've put a good, a decent amount of work in. So knowing that my schedule is mostly open in the afternoon is amazing. Because then yeah. you feel like you've got some oxygen to actually get through get, get through stuff. But it makes Mindy, my assistant's life misery because she has a limited amount of slots to pencil time in. So right, you know, it's very rare. For example, I take hour long calls um, unless it's with clients, mm-hmm. uh, so I can squeeze more in. Um, and then I usually, I, I I work until six and then finish off at six and then go and hang out with the family, make dinner, and then uh, our boy goes to bed usually about. 8.39 o'clock and once he's down then yep. I will usually frankly come back and keep going um, I work almost every night but the the deal that I've got in my head is mm-hmm. I only work on the fun stuff in the evenings so right. I, I don't like to be in a position where I have to work like oh yeah. I have to get this thing done for a client I have to get this thing done in time um, so that's when I'll typically poke around and experiment and do writing and make a few videos and things like that mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, What
0: what is the fifth question? Oh, right. Um, And I think we've already got a great entry for this one. Um, Right. What uh, is the best advice you've ever received or the best advice you would give someone else? And I've already got make it... um, Where did it go? Um, I I had it here somewhere about um, uh, make it hurt. Learn what you hate and make it more efficient. yeah (laughs) Yeah. there it is like make it hurt no that's a different interview
2: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i mean um i think the 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 uh two thoughts one is i heard this the other day actually literally this week uh, and it's really stuck in my brain someone said that the definition of success is opportunity with preparation, um, which I really like. Uh, you know that there's there's a lot of opportunity out there for people. I think, and obviously, you know, there's different types of opportunity, and not everybody has the same level of opportunity. Sadly, but there's there's opportunity out there, um, and you can either kind of look at it and have a go, or you can really kind of go for it, and you can prepare and plan and read and learn and improve and i love learning new things like i i just have like the kind of personality where i just go down the rabbit hole like when i learned barbecuing like it wasn't just hey i'm gonna read a, a book or some articles about barbecue and like i built an app called barbecue pad to track my cooks like it was like <laughs> obsessive about it i really go down the rabbit hole um mm-hmm. i just i enjoy the thrill of learning things and then yeah. seeing the results gradually getting better. Um, but I think the advice that I would give is is um, is don't it's it's going to sound very general, but mm-hmm. uh, realize that where you are today is it's the it's 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 one of the chapters in your story. Right. So, for example, when I left Canonical, when I in 2014, if I'm being honest with you, I left and I thought, you know, I think I figured out this community business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd written a book. People were very kindly, you know, Always saying like he's the guy who wrote the book and community. It's like no, oh, I wrote a book and community. Um, right. But you know, it was easy to kind of believe believe that narrative. Um, and then I left Canonical, went to Xprize, went to GitHub, started consulting. And when I look back, I actually mentioned this in the interview with Mark Shutworth earlier on. Like it makes me realize how little I knew when I left Canonical. Like a tiny proportion of what I've learned since then. Um. And I think the reason why I've learned a lot is because I force myself into realizing, like, the, you know, there's so much information, there's so much content, right? Mm-hmm. The, there's so much opportunity for learning and growing and mentoring that it, it's just incredible what we can do. So I would just say to anyone listening to this, <clears throat> you may think, oh, I can't do some of the stuff that Kevin and Jono were talking about. And, you know, I'm just not I'm not wired up for it that way. Bullshit. Like, everybody, I think, has got an opportunity to, to do that. If you've got an internet connection and you can spare an hour a day, um, oh. then it's amazing what you can do. But you've got to be intentional about it. And you've got to say, it's going to suck at first. The very first rack of ribs that I made were shoe leather. And, uh, you know, and my friends murked through their grimmest rib eating. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes great. And it's like... But, I knew it would suck. And then you gradually get better and better and better and you learn. And that's how we, that's how we do it. So that's what I would recommend is don't, don't, don't limit yourself.
0: Yeah. And I've been, I, I tangentially related. I bought a smoker. Well, we bought a smoker this year. And so there's learning to barbecue and then there's learning to smoke meats and things. Yeah. It's a whole other process. So, you know, I've been grilling or barbecuing. We do not use it as an, as a, a uh, a verb in this part of the country, barbecue is a noun. Thank you very right. much. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's there's it's a whole other process. It's a whole other set of skills. And yep. like ten years ago, I've been like, there is no way I can ever figure that out. And now I'm like, all right, let's let's try this. Let's you know, it's all about temperature balance and building the fire right, and then choosing yeah. the right piece of meat a whole bunch of skills i did not necessarily have 10 years ago yeah. 20 years ago so well, it's yeah. it's
2: so exciting because you know like i remember you know when i was 18 um or when i was at school before then if you wanted to learn something you really had to go and buy a book yeah. or a training video or go to the library and what i oh, love yeah. is that there is just a mountain of information. One of the reasons why I love YouTube so much is because I've learned so many things from it. Um, there is a mountain of information. We're not short on insight and knowledge now. Yeah. What we're mainly short on is time. Um, I was. And uh, yeah. If you if you make yeah. time for it, just like get up an hour early if you can, or go to bed an hour late. Like, but you can use that time well.
0: I, I'm the hour late person, and uh, I, yeah. I was actually um reading i don't know if you saw there's a new um a new translation of beowulf out oh really and um by the way folks it just came out yesterday at recording time it's been out a couple months by the time this goes live um (laughs) but um in the introduction the author uh talks about how now it is Doing the research and working on the translation is so much easier than it would have been even five or ten years ago. Because five or ten years ago, you would have had to fly to England and put on the gloves and the bunny suit to look at the original pages, the original transcription of Beowulf. And now not only is that scanned it online in a click away, but... A lot of other research and papers and discussion and tools are out there that it used to be nearly impossible to
2: access, and yeah. I think
0: that's fantastic.
2: Uh, it's it's just amazing. I mean, we we're living in a time where just like uh, people talk about, you know, transformation. It's an overused yeah. word. A lot of self help people, but it really is transformative for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but the hard thing I think is a lot of people they they feel like they lack the discipline to be able to take all that information and convert it into something that's good for them. Right. But I think you can learn it. Like, you can you can do it. Just mm-hmm. build that two-month habit, you know.
0: Yeah. So that brings us to the... Now, I used to give people a choice between okay. these two questions. There's the easy but sad question and the happy right. but difficult question. And now... We do easy but sad first, so we can always end on a positive note, we hope. That makes sense. Yeah. So the, the sad but easy question, um, failure is a part of everything, mm. right? How, yep. What? yep. So how do you um, deal with it when you fail or you miss a goal or a, a milestone or a deadline or something like that?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean... Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, you're right. Like failure is part of everything. The the first thing for me is, yeah. is is it's easy to let anxiety take over when failure happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, uh, it's not perfect, but I've I've tried to train my brain to say, okay, you're over you're overreacting to the failure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just figure out what the next step forward is and how we can prevent it. So to right. me the act of, of creating preventative medicine in itself mm-hmm. is a redemption for the failure. Um, that's how I kind of pitch it in my head. Um, sometimes I think we all kind of get wrapped up into a pit of self-loathing and imposter syndrome. And what I found to be, and it happens for me from time to time, oh, yeah. uh, what's weird is that it happens to me often when things are kind of going too well. Like if, if I'm not, if all my clients are, like my clients ninety nine point nine percent of them are happy all the mm-hmm. time, but if I don't have a lot of feedback about they're happy, then sometimes I will assume that they're not happy <laughs> it's so silly <laughs> um, uh, it's, I need that like that that mm-hmm. affirmation from people to, to, I, I know i'm on the yeah. on, on the right track um, and what I'll do is i'll often I'll just go for a drive and and i call it i call it my executive check in uh, it's a it's a, <laughs> a name that I stole from i forget who I stole it from. I think it may have been ben carson of all people i can't remember it was someone and i'll go for a drive and and i'll just say Jono, you're being a fucking idiot like pull yourself together stop whining and focus on next steps i'll basically bully myself into mm-hmm. like pull yeah pull your finger out and get on with it dude yeah. and i find that really it weirdly works for me so
0: Usually, I if I'm if I'm at that place, usually I also require a very specific soundtrack. Oh yeah. So I found seventy miles per hour with um, uh, ten thousand days wings from Marie parts one and two from Tool.
2: Right. Like yep. the
0: entire eighteen twenty minutes of it, just straight, that will clear my head right out. Cause
2: I thought you were going to say like Earth Wind and Fire.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, I have I have been known to I when earth I was if I, <laughs> when I was younger. I would put on um, either Quadrophenia or Tommy, and then do right. the full loop of the Raleigh Beltline, which is right. about an hour and a half drive, which is about the length of Tommy or or Quadrophenia. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. And
0: by the time I was done, I would sort of be cleansed. Um, so I'm very curious yeah. what your soundtrack is. <laughs>
2: uh, it's usually there's a German band, metal band called Primal Fear. Um, okay. It's it's usually Primal Fear. Um, it's either primal fear iron maiden or ACDC of the 3 um, okay. but i go through i go through waves where like weirdly like muse for example um yeah. muse have gotten uh, they've got this album called the, the second law and when i play that album Ooh. i'm just like ultra ultra productive you yeah. know it's like you know, yeah. like uh, programmers have like dubstep on in the background mm-hmm. um you know that's my dubstep so
0: i I have a an entire playlist of music for work that's like Tool, In This Moment, Hailstorm, right. you know, yeah, all the heavy stuff that I like. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, know. exactly. And I, and I, like, like with everything, I go on the rabbit hole. Like I, I mm-hmm. just got off a death metal spree. It was like oh. Decapitated, Cannibal Corpse, you know, yeah, um, just.
0: So you've gotta yeah. have heard at least of of Unleash the
2: Archers. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah.
0: You know they got their new album out.
2: So. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't heard it yet. Is it
0: out oh, yet? Oh yeah, I mean I bought it uh, day before yesterday. So yeah,
2: yeah uh, the new video is really cool. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah there's
2: uh, there's there's some amazing there's some amazing music out there. So. Oh yeah. Thank God for Sp- Spotify. It's another another tool I use.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um i'm i'm all about at least for for discovering new music it's uh usually youtube videos and going down the if you like this you might like that recommendation system they have yep um spotify doesn't click in my brain the same way so i don't know
2: well and we should take a moment Mm -hmm. to make a tribute um i'm not sure if you listen to this band but there was a the singer of a band called Power Trip died this week.
0: Oh yeah, I know, I know. Riley Gale. Yeah.
2: Um, 34 years old, and died in his sleep apparently. And uh, we like we have this group of friends called the Dads of Metal, uh, and we go and you know go and watch ba- mm-hmm. we go and watch bands and stand near the bar and you know change diapers you know while the show's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we saw Power Trip, and we actually ended oh. up standing next to Riley outside, and we didn't want to go and bother him, but they were, man, they were. They were, they were an ass kicker.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I, I remember, um, uh, I was on my way out of, um, uh, Lacuna coil show. Right. Um, and like at the Lincoln theater in downtown Raleigh and I'm, I'm walking back to my car and there's their drummer, like just right there hanging out by the bus. Oh, cool. And I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's those little random encounters. Yeah, and, and also, kind of yeah, more power to the graybeards in the pit. Thank you.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my moshing days are over.
0: Yeah, somebody was like, uh, I was at the, um, uh, I was a baby metal show, and this guy was like, Oh man, you know, I didn't see you in the pit, and I'm like, Yes, that's because my spine does not allow me to be in the pit anymore.
2: Yeah, you know, let me tell you this quick story. Oh, uh, I went to I went to see a band called Witchery. In the, in the late 90s, you know, thrash metal was getting eaten by oh, yeah. grunge. And uh, and I like both, but I like bits of grunge, like Nirvana, but I was, I've always mm-hmm. been a thrash metal kind of guy. And, uh, cause the, so, you know, the, the Gothenburg metal scene was really kicking off and mm-hmm. this band called Witchery, which I think they're from Gothenburg, and they they kind of look like a black metal band, um, but they sound like a thrash band. And they <laughs> I just love this band when they, when they first came out. But, of course, they never toured in England because they're a tiny little band. Right. Anyway, they eventually got an opening slot to go and play with King Diamond, who I'm a huge fan of. Oh my god, yeah. And uh, King Diamond. So I went to see King Diamond in London. And I, you know, long hair, mm-hmm. camo trousers on, and I wore like a chain hanging out like a lot of people did. And you weren't supposed to take it in the venue. So I put the chain in my pocket, mm-hmm. went into the venue, and then um, you know, I went to mosh for a bit and then crowd surf over, and I kind of crowd surfed over, PewDie I grabbed me, and then you know, put me into the side of the audience so I could get back in. You know, the the, the clubs in London were generally pretty cool. Like, they were very ready would they ever kick anyone out of venue unless they would being, you know, clearly harassing yeah. people or, or being violent in unnecessary ways, right? So, uh, you know, the friendly moshing violence is it mm-hmm. was, was generally seen as okay. Anyway, so I, I kind of go back in. My chain is now hanging out of my pocket and I go <laughs> uh, to put it back into my pocket and there is a very small biker rat tail attached to it. And uh <laughs> Yeah. It had like the rubber band in it, the whole deal. Oh and I was going through, and the first thing I thought was like, Oh my god, this poor woman. Um, you know, I felt immediate guilt, and then I'm walking past, and there's this giant biker, completely bald haired, just holding yep. the back of his hair, and he's got a bit of blood on his fingers, and he's like looking really mad, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Yep. Mm,
0: nope. Mm-mm.
2: Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't wear the chain from then onwards. <laughs> it was bad.
0: Oh god, I miss concerts. Um. Yeah. 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 Kidding. So, um, all right. Flip side of the coin. Happy but difficult. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? And also please ignore the dog who has never been fed before in his life and now must cry to tell me that he's never been fed before in his life. Er, Ernie, you're fine, buddy. Go go talk to Ursula. God.
2: Every night. So he said, Do I success do I celebrate my successes? Yes, and if so, how uh I think so. I mean, um, I I celebrate things that I'm excited about, but Mm -hmm. I do it in a very private way. I I am. um, uh, This might sound weird because some people may think that I'm incredibly egotistical, but I'm terrified of becoming an egomaniac. Um, You know, I was raised I was raised in northern England where if you uh, demonstrated any level of ego, people would smack you down pretty quickly, verbally about it. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't like people who. It annoys me when people are full of their own, their own greatness. Um, I like yeah. people who are who are confident and who are proud of their work. Um, but other people celebrate their their you know their greatness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I I would very rarely I almost never will go up to someone and say oh, I'm so excited. You know I just did this like I. Mm-hmm. And and kind of like boast about something that I've done. Um, the only person I really talk to about that is my wife. Um, right. Um. But there is a number of times when I'll be like, "Wow, look <laughs> at that!" And I'll be privately really, really motivated and excited about it. So I think mm-hmm. I'll celebrate it to myself. Um. Um. And then you know, and and this can vary from. I mean, for example, today I was I was running a Facebook ad and I did some split testing between different creative yeah. assets within a Facebook ad and one of them that I suspected I, I made like a personal wager with myself I bet myself <laughs> a gin and tonic that this one was going to win <laughs> and it won there you go so I'm going to have a gin and tonic tonight um, not that there usually needs to be a reason um, but I was like wow that's cool my intuition is starting to change when it comes right. to that and then of right. course there's bigger things like when People Power was published like that was a, a big deal yeah. but uh, yeah I mean uh, you know I, I feel like I've got a relatively healthy Attitude towards my work, you know, every so often again, I go down the negative rabbit hole and I fill myself with self-doubt. But I think everybody does that at some point.
0: I was going to say, I'm I'm married to a writer at least once a book, usually around 30,000 words. It's uh, this is terrible. I should have been a medical test subject. Um, This shames my ancestors and I'm going to die in a ditch next to Walmart. (laughs) And uh, and yeah. Usually, the point where it's shoved in my face and said, Read this and tell me if it shames my ancestors. So, right, uh, and (laughs) if
2: it shames my ancestors,
0: (laughs) every writer I know does this, no matter what genre they work in. Like, there is that point, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. The the that when you've written it and it's Mm -hmm. done, the fear before it comes out is palpable, like it's palpable, palpable, palpable. (laughs) yeah. Um, I know that one, that word, you know, that word, (laughs) um, like when People Power came out, I was cool. really nervous because I'd never written a business book before. I'd written books for the for the for the tr- for the tech press. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like a different deal, like writing a business book—the editing and the audience and the whole mm-hmm. lot. It was a hard book to write, and I was terrified. Like, and of course, all your friends are like, "Yeah, it's great." <laughs> <And> again, <laughs> I appreciate the support, but uh, we'll see what Goodreads and Amazon says. <laughs> so, as the reviews started coming in, I was like, "Oh." God, we dodged another one, Jono. (laughs) So that's
0: all the questions, which means now is your chance to actually talk about People Powered, which I've started on, but I got distracted by the new Beowulf translation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, I won't bore your audience too much. I mean, it's basically the reason why I wrote it was, uh, you know, I written The Art of Community, Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2009 and then put out a second edition in 2012. And it kind of digs into a lot of very, very technical community manager type stuff. Um, right. And I was having clients coming up to me and saying, like, oh, I'm really excited to check out your new book. And I'd, and, um, and I'd think, oh, don't read that because you're going to read the first 10 pages and they get completely bogged down in detail and you're not going to read it. Yeah. And I knew there needed to be Something that was higher level, a bit more general purpose, mm. um, designed for like anyone from a founder of a company to an executive team member to somebody who runs a marketing team to people who just don't really know a lot about community and want to figure it out and know how to get started. Um, and I came to the uncomfortable realization you kind of need to, that needs to be a business book. Yeah. You know, it needs to be the kind of thing you can pick up at an airport. And I knew from friends that if you want to write a business book, you need an agent. That was step Oh, yeah. one. Find an agent and then put together a proposal um the first two agents that i floated my proposal with hated the proposal with the force of a thousand suns they were like this is a terrible book it will never succeed <laughs> went back to the drawing board yeah. uh uh you know and eventually kind of got the book out there and um you know it's out through harper collins and i'm i'm i am very proud of it like uh oh yeah i feel like it's a good book for for the intended audience um it's not perfect. No book is perfect, especially in my books. But, um, you know, it's it's been cool to see the reaction from people. People seem to like it and uh, yeah. putting it into good use. So.
0: Yeah, my, my only uh, regret is that uh, I won't be able to get it signed at All Things Open this year. So. Yeah, I know. I'm going to miss
2: All Things Open.
0: I, I know. I, I am taking the time off so I can attend all the sessions I want. From the comfort of my own home. Uh, yep. By the way, folks, uh, for those who who haven't been keeping up, All Things Open is this great open source conference in Raleigh. Uh, it is 100% virtual this year, and unless you want swag, registration is free. And yep. it is the most insane thing um, that here's a tech conference that is like, you know what, we're going all virtual, and if you want to attend, you know, within, I guess, their, I don't know what their limits are, but they're like, Sign up, get your ticket. Yeah, and you only have to pay if you want, like the T-shirts and the stickers. And I like giving that crew money, so
2: they do. Um, they do an amazing yeah. job. Like I remember going to All Things Open the first time about five years ago. I think it was four okay. or five uh, years ago.
0: I've, I've been going since the very first one. So yeah, right. Yeah.
2: And I met Todd Lewis there, the guy who runs it, oh, and yeah. he is just—he's the nicest dude in the world. First of all. And uh, we've ended up becoming really, really close friends. Um, Like I I consider him like a really good friend. Um, He's a very gentle person. He's very Mm -hmm. inclusive. Like he really wants to do the best by people. Um, In fact, we're gonna be doing the community leadership summit that I ordinarily did before OSCON. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's gonna be on day one of ATO. Uh, We're gonna be doing it as part of the event. Um, Mm -hmm. And I uh, I just- Now I
0: realize I have to reschedule things so that this comes out before all things open. That would help. Come yeah. on, Kevin. Get yeah, on yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just think that they do a really a really good mm-hmm. job. And uh, and Todd's always been super supportive. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, Todd's Todd and that entire team are just absolutely
2: amazing. Oh, um yeah. someday... And they've grown they've grown that event as well. Like
0: oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah.
2: How yeah. how many people were there the first time you went first year?
0: Oh, there were say? a couple hundred of us.
2: Maybe right. maybe a thousand, right? Maybe a thousand. And now it's uh, like five thousand.
0: Yeah, it was like the first the first year I it felt like old home week and that I knew everybody. Yeah. And that slowly changed over over the next couple of years. Um, this past year where I was where where I had my talk and I was also working in my company's booth and it really settled in how many more people there are. Cause I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, in a, in a, you know, in my company's display booth for that and for most of the time. And it gave me a much better view of the crowd than just, I'm going to a session and then I'm running real quick to the next one, or I'm stopping to talk to somebody.
2: Um, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's it, it really is phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, there's nothing cooler than success being delivered to good people. Oh yeah. You know, and,
0: and Todd is that is is one of and them. And Todd and that yeah. team
2: are they're, they're they're good human beings.
0: Yeah, one day I'll I'll get Todd on the show. It'll be fantastic.
2: Oh yeah, he's yeah. super interesting. He was actually the very first guest that I had on my podcast. Really? Yeah, and he was okay. great. Um, he's a really interesting guy, and his family are great as well. So. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to uh, you want to um, share with us or? You know, pimp out.
2: <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the one thing that your listeners may be interested in is mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I put together a a package mm-hmm. uh, online. Um, if you go to jonobaconcom forward slash pack, mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing is I'm providing a couple of the first couple of chapters in PDF format from People Powered, as well Great. as the first couple of chapters in audiobook format. I recorded oh, it nice. myself. Yeah. Um, so people can go and check that. It's like 50 or 60 pages of content. It's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Um, I also provide like a bunch of uh, best practices, and you know, I, like I mentioned earlier on, when I send email to people, I just I don't believe in spamming them with sales stuff. Like I send them. Yeah. Right. Genuinely useful material, and I send the emails. So if you reply to them, they come to me like often people ask me questions and i'll reply Mm -hmm. to them and i'll i'm a big fan of this tool called loom which is where you can easily record videos um you know like for example i posted an email to my list and was like what's in your mind right now and i had like a ton of people respond and then i made a bunch of those into youtube videos Mm -hmm. and then for a bunch of them i just recorded like two minute loom responses uh and a lot of them were like wow never expected you to actually respond (laughs) i love building that relationship with my audience yeah and and one of
0: those responses resulted in this interview, because right. that was what reminded yeah. me I need to talk to Jono. And
2: so oh, that's, right. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, you know. So yeah. you can get a couple of chapters from the book, and then I send out like templates and best practice and access to free training and all kinds of stuff. So if you go to JonoBacon.com forward slash pack, you can sign up for that. And uh, and people powered, of course, is available in all good bookshops and some pretty shitty ones as well, probably. Well, so. yeah.
0: Uh, you, you mean the one named after a famous warrior tribe and or a river in South America? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, cool. Cool. Um, thank you so much for taking some time out, and uh, it's been yeah. absolutely fantastic. Thanks so, for having me on. The pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. You want to come back, just, just say the word, and we'll do it. Um, and uh, for the people listening at home, we'll be right back after. This... really like talking to Jono and it's always fun. And especially when I can see Jono at one of the local open source events or something like that, always a lot of fun, always great to talk to. Also fun to watch talk. So if you get a chance, go to Jono's website, which are linked in the show notes and check out some of his stuff. It's really good stuff. Uh, And also uh, there are Uh, talks that Jono has done at all things open and other places that are available on like YouTube and stuff. So go check those out, find them. They're really good, especially when he talks about building communities. So Ursula is not with me. Uh, Ursula had a part of her anatomy fall asleep while she was sitting here talking. Uh, It is an unfortunate side effect, apparently of some of the chairs or whatever that, parts of Ursula that shouldn't normally fall asleep, fall asleep uh, when sitting in them. And so one of these days I will rectify that chair situation Uh, or not because, you know, maybe if I keep it that way, we can cut down on the tangents sometime. (laughs) I should be so lucky, right? And you're all here for the tangents. You're not really here for the interviews. I know you're, you're, you're here for the tangents and you're here for the badge codes. And speaking of badge codes... This week's badge code is time block, which is, you know, a note to the, the time boxing uh, or time blocking method that Jono and many other people I've talked to use. So there you go. You can find out more about our badges at productivityalchemy.com under the badge how to menu item. It's there. Uh, we do issue open badges and, uh, I'm, I'm actually starting to think about writing up a how-to guide for like OpenSource.com because the entire thing is based on open source stuff. So yeah, uh, go enter the badge code, get the badge, get more than one badge, go get other badges. Another housekeeping note: uh, the mail server is uh, occasionally flaky, and so I'm not necessarily getting email notification of everybody's comments. That's fine. Uh, They are getting stored. I am seeing them. uh, And please do not take the, you know, a a slight that I did not read your comment on air or your letter on air. I might not have gotten it. Unfortunately, uh, I'm still tracking down what running mail servers is such a pain in the butt. Uh, I wish I could just do away with it. And I may start looking at ways to just relay everything from the site to somewhere else and not have to deal with it. Cause it's, it's annoying. All right. That's it for this week. If you feel the need to support us, please share this with your friends, suggest people who you might want me to interview. Um, I'm always looking for new people to talk to and my backlog is starting to run out. Although I'm looking at the backlog going, man, have I got some cool stuff for you. Other than that, um, if you want to support us financially, yes, there's Ursula's Patreon. Yes, there's my coffee, um, both of which are linked on the support page at ProductivityAlchemy.com. But a lot of people are hungry right now. A lot of people are hurting right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And my wish is for you to take what you would give us and give it to Maybe uh, your local food bank or the Innocence Project or uh, a social justice organization or, you know, fairvote.org or any number of these people who need it a hell of a lot more than we do. Uh, Please, you know, we're fine. We continue to be fine. And any money you would spend on us um, could probably do a lot of good other places. I mean, not that I'm I'm not like donation shaming or anything. I'm just saying we, 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 we don't need it. We're grateful. We love you guys. And that's it for this week. So, you know, do your best out there. You know, it's, it's tough. We know it's tough. It's continuing to be tough. And here in the States, frankly, um, I spend days just turning off Twitter, turning off Facebook and we're, we've been watching uh, the X-Files. Basically, we've been binging the X-Files as a rewatch in the evenings. That's what we do uh, just to keep us kind of level set and sane. And sane, not insane, right? So do, do what you have to do to keep yourself balanced and going and, you know, do your best to uh, stay productive. And if you can't, that's fine happens to the best of us, or me, which is not the best of us.